wills, probate, trust, beneficiary forms, living wills, power of attorneys. What in the world do all of those things do? What do they mean? And what do I need? It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you're asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, Matt Hausman here, smartmoneyquestions.com podcast. And today that's what we're going to dive into is understanding the different legal type of documents you might want to consider to make sure your assets pass in an efficient way and the way you want them with the least amount of cost possible. So the reason I'm, I want to go over this is I, I just had someone in the office and we were going over, they just had many of their legal documents updated. They had a couple trusts drawn up, but they still really had questions like, what does what? Like, did I really need to do that? And so that's what I want to dive into today. In addition, I'm going to create a link on this particular page on smartmoneyquestions.com for this podcast in particular. I did a class on this about three years ago, three and a half years ago, maybe. And I'm going to include that, that video so you can, in addition to, you know, hopefully I can articulate it where it's understandable. But if you also need visuals, then the video will be there to help with that. So First of all, let me give you the disclosure. I am not an attorney. Please do not take this as legal advice. This is just for informational purposes only. So should you decide that you might want to investigate if any of these type of items are what you would need, you would need to consult an attorney. Okay, compliance is over. So let's dive into it, okay? So what had happened was this particular couple came in and we were going over the different accounts that they had and there was some certain documents that because they had a couple trusts drawn up that we were looking to kind of continue the process of making sure all of their stuff was up to date in accordance with the legal documents that had just been done. But they had so many questions and they wanted to know what each thing did. And I wanted to dive into this because I hear this all the time and people not completely understanding if they have done it the correct way. And whether you want to leave a legacy for your heirs where you're actually planning for that or, you know, 99% of people want to make sure, you know, even if they're looking to make sure they don't run out of money so they're going to look to spend it all is in the event of a premature death they want to go ahead and make sure that those those assets that are left are going to pass in an efficient way to the next generation or to whoever they they've decided they want those monies to go to so what i'm gonna do is i'm just going to kind of go through each scenario or each document type and kind of just give you a a general idea on what they do how they do it And then from there, if you want to have a personal discussion, feel free to reach out to us, 610-719-3003, or just simply shoot us an email, info at smartmoneyquestions.com, or reach out to your own advisor and or legal person that you deal with, attorney, and decide what's best for you. But what I am going to tell you is in this particular case with the client is the attorney really hadn't did any follow-up 
work after the trust had been drawn up. And so many times I see, especially with trusts, that there isn't any follow-up by the attorney. And so you haven't, or the client doesn't necessarily know exactly what they need to do to make sure that the document that they just had drafted up is going to be usable. So first of all, let's start with the will. We always hear that we need to have a will drawn up and it is important to do that. And there's simple wills, there's complex wills, but to understand what a will basically is, is a will is what is going to be presented to the court, to the probate court for your wishes for your assets to move to whoever you say. And it can be very simple. Hey, I've got two kids, everything divided up evenly, blah, blah, blah. Or it can be very complex or very specific where you are detailing out the different type of assets you have and where you want that to go to. So a will is definitely something that you want to have. If you do not have a will, what happens is then the court will decide based on the state you live in. It's what's called intestate. And they're going to determine how your assets are are dispersed based on your different living relatives. So it's real important to have the will done and understanding that it is basically you telling the court, these are my wishes for these different type of assets. The next document let's talk about is a power of attorney. This is also something you definitely want to make sure that you have done. And to really kind of simplify what a power of attorney is, is it is you giving authority to some other person or a couple of people that they can act on your behalf. And you can designate the different types of activities that they can have. For instance, maybe you don't want what's called a durable power of attorney or general, where you basically give them carte blanche to be able to do whatever they would want to with any of your assets, bank accounts, life insurance, beneficiary forms, medical information, real estate, you can have all of that, or you can be very specific all the way down to many times, let's say if one of the spouses is going to be out of town for a real estate transaction, that they'll have a power of attorney drawn up specifically for that real estate transaction at such and such an address. And maybe there's also going to be a transfer of deed and a mortgage taken. It can be very specific or it can be very general. You would definitely want to have or my recommendation would be that you wanna have a power of attorney because especially when it comes to medical issues is that in the event you have become incapacitated that there's someone there that understands your wishes and can then make those decisions for you when you're not or you're unable to make those decisions. So that's what's called a power of attorney. And I always tell people that I would encourage you within that document to list more than one person. You can have each person act independently, but you should have what's called the, the first agent that's going to act on your behalf and then a successor agent in the event that first person is unavailable or can't make those decisions for you for whatever reason might be. They could be out of the country. They could have already passed away. There's a whole multitude of reasons. But at least in this particular case, if you've had two, 
you've already got two individuals that can act on your behalf. So that's usually what my recommendation is when you're speaking with an attorney is to go ahead and, and have those people ready in the document to make those decisions. And that takes me to the next thing I mentioned medical is having what's called a living will. And a living will essentially is where you are in a written form, you're creating a document that explains what or what not you want to have happen to you in the event of some type of medical issue. And you have articulated it in a written document, you have signed it. So not only do the caretakers, the doctors, the nurses, they understand your wishes, but also that gives definitive direction to your agent within the power of attorney. So basically there is nothing left unsaid. Uh, Every stone has been turned. So it's very clear as to what you are wanting to have happen. And you can get as detailed or as general as you want. In this particular document, I would probably tell you, you would want to get as specific as possible and really and really detail that out. The next thing is gonna be a trust. And I get this question a lot, do I need a trust? What is a trust? And really the decision for a trust is one of the key things that you're doing with a trust is you are, you're bypassing the need for those particular assets that are gonna be in the trust or where the trust is the beneficiary, there's not gonna be a need to go through probate. But the one thing to understand is there's all different types of trust and how they are written determines what they can do or what they can't do. And the person that's administering the trust or the trustee is what are they doing for the beneficiaries within the trust? So no different than a will, you're gonna dictate who the beneficiaries are. A trust is gonna do the exact same thing, but the trust is gonna, it's almost like you're creating another entity or like another person sitting in a different chair that has access to those particular assets and then you've described in the trust who gets what how they get it you can really get as as specific or as vague as you want to within the trust but most people would look at a trust as a way to bypass probate or not have to go through that court process and having your will contested and all and all the other different fees that go along with that is if you've drafted a trust and then most importantly you have funded the trust and that's really the key thing so the clients that were in is they had had a trust drawn up but they hadn't funded it yet and funding means that you've either put assets you've recharacterized or redeeded let's say it's real estate you've redeeded assets into the trust. And so technically, you no longer own it, your trust does. But as I said, I I don't wanna dive too much into the trust because that really is something that you would wanna speak with an attorney about. There's all different types and they act in different ways. But for the most part, again, is you wanna make sure that if you did have a trust drawn up, that you have then properly funded the trust to bypass probate, because usually that is what an attorney is going to talk to you about. The benefits of a trust are first probably probate, and then second can be asset protection, where you're protecting that asset against any type of future claim or litigation. And then secondary trusts can be written for your heirs, 
for that asset protection. So again, understanding that if you have done a trust, you wanna make sure that you have completely funded it with whatever documents or whatever assets that you wanna have in there or have the trust be the beneficiary of. The last thing I wanna talk about with regards to this is beneficiary forms. So, so what I wanna do now is I wanna talk about the specific type of assets that you might have because we've already went through the different types of legal documents, the will, the trust, a power of attorney, living will, but now let's talk about the different types of assets and then how those other type of instruments, the will most importantly and the trust, the different type of assets and how those can pass efficiently, hopefully not really needing much in the event of the probate court to pass your assets. So the different types of assets we have, we have financial assets, which would be consistent of bank accounts, brokerage accounts, IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, life insurance, annuities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those type of financial assets across the board have what's called a beneficiary form. And the beneficiary form not only does it bypass probate, it also supersedes the will. So in other words, it doesn't matter what your will says is with the beneficiary form, the financial institution, let's say it's Wells Fargo and you have a savings account there and on your beneficiary form, it's going to your two kids, 50% each, is it doesn't matter what it says in the will, Wells Fargo is gonna be directed based on the beneficiary form because that's what's called a contractual relationship between you, the owner, and the financial institution. So you guys have heard me talk about this a million times. I'm gonna say it again. You want to make sure that your beneficiary forms are up to date and in the manner that you want them. So in other words, they're going to the correct individual or charity or however, you want that to go is the beneficiary form needs to be up to date. Real quick story, this has gone all the way up to the Supreme Court about 10 years ago, and the Supreme Court ruled that the beneficiary form supersedes everything, including a will, including divorce, any and everything you can imagine where you might have already agreed, say, to divide the asset. They ruled that the beneficiary form supersedes all of that. So again, that's what's called any of your financial assets. Again, bank accounts, brokerage accounts, IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, annuities, life insurance, savings accounts, anything that you should be specifically asking the institution for their beneficiary form and make sure that that is up to date. The other type of asset could be real estate, whether it's your primary home, your vacation home, investments, rentals, all that kind of stuff, is on a deed, the financial or the document that shows ownership, in this case, which would be the deed, is who owns it, but there is no place within real property or real estate to have that particular beneficiary form designation. And so in this particular case, or with real estate, that could go through probate if you don't already have another owner on there. Or maybe the real estate is in the name of your trust. So it's not actually in your name. It's in the name of your trust if you had a trust drawn up. Or if it's investments, you have rental property, maybe it's in the name of a company. 
And so then you would want to designate or speak to an attorney on some type of succession planning as to how that business or that entity that's owning that real estate, how you want that passed and have that drawn up. But in general, real estate, when you look at a deed, it doesn't have a place for a beneficiary. So many times that ends up going through the probate process, which would be dictated within your will. And then the other type of assets we have are personal assets. So art, automobiles, furnishings, jewelry, etc. Anything within the house that you know you've purchased. And then in the will, this is where you can get specific or not as to who of your heirs is going to get what within your house. And so there isn't, for instance, if you have an automobile, there is no place on the title for the car as a beneficiary form to go to the next generation. So that's going to have to go through potentially the probate process as well. But then of course, if you have a trust, maybe you look to add that car in the name of the trust. So that's what's called funding the trust. If you've had that drawn up and making sure that the assets, whether it's your home or your car, or even other things that if possible, are the ownership is within the trust or you have named the beneficiary to go into the trust. So it's real important to understand now the type of assets that you have and then what's the best legal way to move those assets when you pass. Whether it is a premature death or you live that long and glorious life, one way or another, if there are monies or properties, properties of any type, you want to make sure that you've got the right legal document to pass those assets in the most efficient way possible. And the biggest thing that most advisors and or attorneys would tell you is that you want to do everything that you can to bypass probate because probate is a, can be a lengthy process. It can be an invasion of your privacy because of all the different things that have to be posted publicly. It's a public forum. As it goes through the court, it becomes a public record. And uh, of course, there's cost associated with that. And uh, so again, you want to look at your all of your assets as a whole. Make sure your beneficiary forms are up to date. They are the way you want them. That's going to bypass propate. That supersedes the will. You want to make sure your wills are done. If a trust is needed, you want to speak to an attorney to see if one is needed. And then understand that not just drafting the trust document is to then go the next step in making sure that the trust has been funded properly, whether that is moving different assets into the trust or changing beneficiary forms, what have you. And then, of course, the last ones we talked about were power of attorneys and living wills, having those done, making sure that whoever is whoever you've designated to act on your behalf with the power of attorney, that they know where those documents are. And in the event of the living will that you have written the document or had it written in a very specific way to not leave anything up to interpretation. So if you have any questions about this, I know sometimes the whole legal process, many people don't want to talk about it because it can be very confusing, but feel free to reach out to us at smartmoneyquestions.com. You can fill it out there or simply email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. That's Matt signing off. Hopefully this has been helpful and we'll talk to you soon. 